Is your toddler talking yet? Maybe not. Maybe that's fine. Maybe you're a little worried. Today, we have a very special guest, Jesse Kinsey, who is a pediatric speech language pathologist and a mom to a toddler, owns a private practice called Simply Speech Therapy in Southern California, and she also provides parent coaching to families of late talkers. Prior to becoming a speech therapist, she was a high school English teacher. Her mission through speech therapy and parent coaching is to celebrate children's unique strengths and interests while helping them communicate successfully at home and in the community. Today, she's going to talk to us about some amazing exercises and approaches that she has for parents to get their toddler talking. And she's also going to give us one mistake that parents are probably unknowingly making. I can't wait for you to hear from her today. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Mary Jo Tinlin, and welcome to the Teaching Your Toddler podcast. Today, we have a fantastic guest. We have Jessie Kenzie on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, she is going to talk to us about an amazing topic that is very appropriate for mothers and fathers of toddlers, how to get your toddler talking. But first, Jessie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome to the show. Hi, absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I am a speech language pathologist. I own a small private practice in Southern California. And then I also do parent coaching for parents of toddlers, um, really all over the United States. Um, so my whole goal is to help families of young talkers um, just get their toddlers talking. That's amazing. So what, as as a part of your practice, what kind of people do you see? What kind of clients do you see? Is, is it children that are already challenged or is it children that, you know, parents are trying to be proactive? What What's your clientele like? Yeah. So it started with kiddos that already um, have qualified for speech services. That's kind of how my my therapy and my practice started. Um, so I provide direct therapy to kiddos that do need that extra support. Um, and then being a parent of a young kiddo, and then also just working with these kids, I realized that there was um, kind of a gap of like, hey, you know, I can help parents start to support their kiddo before they even need services. And then some kids will still need services and then some won't. Um, so that's really how I got into the parent coaching side. Fantastic. So are you helping mostly school-age children, but then now you're you're trying to get earlier in the stream, I guess? Not actually, not really. So most of the kids that I see are um, zero to three years old. Um, okay. That's the majority. Um, and then my practice typically goes kind of zero to five. Um, so I specialize in kind of two areas. So early intervention. So those little, you know, toddlers, um, two, three, four years old. And then I also specialized um, in um, working with kiddos with autism. And so I understand that you have something to tell us about one mistake parents make, and then you have some strategies for better language support at home. Yes. Okay. So the one mistake that I see parents make, and it is the most well-meaning mistake that parents can possibly make. So if you are doing this, I completely get it. Um, the one mistake is that as your kiddo is maybe not quite talking yet. So you're like, oh, you know, they've reached a year and they don't have a word yet, or they've reached 15 months and they're not kind of hitting those milestones. I see parents start to get really kind of nervous and they start to put lots of pressure on their child to talk. Um, so a lot of times that looks like, say milk, say cookie, say car. Like I said, it's the most well-meaning mistake, but a lot of times it puts pressure on that toddler to talk and it almost kind of backfires. 
So I like to tell parents like, Hey, you know what, let's just take that pressure off. Um, and so I tell parents try to avoid saying, say this, mm. but that's kind of the one mistake, um, that I, I see a lot. And I just tell parents like, Hey, just, you know, try to pull that one back a little bit. Gotcha. I saw a part, uh, a post on your Instagram and you mentioned, was it the gestalt method? Is that, is that right? Is that, what is that? Yeah. So that, um, so like I said, I kind of specialize in two areas. Um, the first is early intervention children that maybe just, um, are delayed talkers, um, that need a little bit of extra support. And then I also work with autistic kids. So that is where Gestalt language processing comes in. Okay. Um, there's kind of two ways that kids learn language. They're either an analytic language processor, which means that you will see your kids start with one word and then go to two words and then three words. And that's kind of what you expect. Um, there's also Gestalt language processor. This doesn't mean your your child has autism. It just tends to kind of pair with autism sometimes. Um, but it means that your child is actually going to start with more phrases um, instead of single words. So they might start with something like, um, a lot of times they'll get phrases from like their favorite TV shows um, or their favorite, like if you've said something and they just really liked it and they were having fun, like they might repeat that phrase over and over and over again. So like, it's time to go home. And every time they get excited, they might say, it's time to go home. Um, and then what you have to do is kind of break down those phrases and teach them that there's individual words inside of those. Oh, wow. So they're learning the phrase, not not each uh interesting my my son my youngest uh his first what we said was his first was light on it was a phrase and he pointed you know and he said light on um that's so interesting I had never sort of thought about that like you said analytic you know my other ones were ball and uh-oh <laughs> my daughter's first word was oh which is <laughs> kind of funny to me but anyway um <laughs> yeah that's that's so that's so cool how that it breaks down like that uh that's that's really interesting um and so i i teased before but i know you you said you have some strategies for helping um with teaching i guess with better language support yeah yeah so um i like to give strategies that are very um very doable. I don't want to pile on lots of things. I am a parent of a toddler and it is, um, there's a lot going on. Um, so the strategies that I give are things that I want you to be able to easily put into your daily routines. Um, so the first one is that I like to model language. Um, and really what that means is I'm showing my toddler what they can say. Um, so I'm going to be using one to two, maybe three word phrases, I'm going to keep it kind of simple. And I'm going to be a little bit redundant in what I say. So if I'm playing with my toddler with a ball, I might say, wow, it's a ball. Oh, I see the ball. The ball is red. Wow, red ball. And I just modeled the word ball, you know, four or five, six times. Um, and that can really help get those first words. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. And then they start to associate, oh, you're, you're saying this word over and over for this thing that I'm looking at. Interesting. That's, that's really cool. That's great. What else do you, uh, do you like to do? Yeah. So this one kind of goes hand in hand. So I like to model language a lot. Um, and then after you've modeled a word for a long time, so I'll stick with ball as my example. Once I've modeled ball, 
um, multiple times and then over multiple days. This isn't something that, you know, I modeled ball for a toddler and they say it, you know, that first day. This is definitely a long game sometimes. Um, but then I want to give wait time. Um, so this can look like modeling ball over and over and then giving them time to kind of process and hopefully use that word. So it could be like one time instead of saying it's a ball, you actually just say it's a and then you wait. Um, <laughs> and I like to give the example. Um, I was a high school teacher um, before I became a speech pathologist. And that wait time is like when you're in a classroom and the teacher is waiting for you or waiting for the class to raise their hand. And there's that like awkward pause. You want to give your toddler the awkward pause. Awkward pause. And <laughs> they will Bueller, either fill in Bueller. the word. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they will fill in the word, which is what you really hope. And sometimes they won't, and that's okay. You can just go ahead and share that, um, you know, give them that option. Um, and then that kind of leads me to another one because they're super connected, which is um, visual supports. So not only do you give wait time, but you're also holding that ball. So they have that visual. Um, so I like to do visuals on either the actual item. So a ball, a car, you know, if it's a type of snack, or I also like to do um, kind of some baby and toddler sign language. As those I was going to ask you. Yeah, I asked. I was going to ask you about sign language because that's that's actually what we did with our kids way back when. Um, is is teach them that. And I and I, I always felt like my my approach was because I felt like then they were able to express themselves even if they were pre-verbal. They could still tell us what they needed, and they didn't. It sort of helped with the frustration. That was the theory, and I I think it worked. But I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. So I absolutely agree. Um, I've taught my son sign language, just basic sign language, um, because it's it's something that they can do before they're really ready to start talking. Um, and it also, if your child is struggling to talk, it bridges that gap. Um, so the first thing that I always like to say is that sign language does not inhibit or stop talking. I know a lot of parents are really worried about that. So they don't want to, to teach some, you know, different signs. Um, but that is not the case. There are lots of studies um, that show teaching sign language is beneficial. Um, but like I said, it just bridges that gap. So if my, you know, my son, he's not, he just turned one. He doesn't have many words yet, um, but he does know how to sign all done. So when mm -hmm. he's done eating, He's going to show me that he's all done and that's going to cut down on frustration for him, right? I'm like, oh, you showed me you're all done. Okay, you know what? Let's get you out of the high chair. Um, he knows more. Um, he knows milk. And so it helps cut down on some of those frustrations and potentially tantrums um, that come out of not being able to communicate. Yes. Oh my gosh. My daughter, she used to be so dramatic with her all done. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. But I, it was always helpful. And then even later in life, you know, if I, if we were across the room or something and I did more, you know, then they would, they would say, you know, they could communicate with me even, you know, even after they were able to talk when they were older. And so it kind of came in handy later as well. So I thought That's I, funny. I my, Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say my husband um, does the same thing. My husband and I sign all, all done to each other um, when we're like across, the, you know, we might be at a party or we might be somewhere. We're like, OK, all done. So, yep. um, yes, it's it's helpful across the board. It absolutely is. It's so it's good. It's good for the parents and the children. It works for both. 
That's, that's awesome. Well, um, so uh, what other things or what other, like, I know you talked about, you know, if parents are getting worried and like, and I, I've absolutely heard the same concern about sign language. Well, it's going to make them just rely on sign language. And that's not the case at all. I feel like it actually helps with that connection even more like what you're talking about with these verbal cues and, and those kinds of things. Once they have those signs, they also then start to say, oh, that word that associates with a word. Um, it, but are there other, you know, things that you've heard concerns that parents have had about, um, about their child talking that you could share with us that you, that you've addressed? Yeah. So I think the the biggest concern is just when is my child going to talk? That's kind of the question that I get. Um, and there's no like quick and easy answer to that. Every child is different and every child is going to need, you know, slightly different supports in place to be as successful as possible. Um, but using some of these strategies that I've talked about can really help support them as they're learning, as they're growing. Um, so that's kind of the biggest one. Um, that I hear parents say, I know sign language, that's a big one. Like I said, you know, that parents are really worried about introducing. Um, but that's pretty much it. It's just that like, and I, I get it as a parent, my kiddo um, I, does not like sleep apparently. And so I'm reaching out to like sleep consultants and any information that I can get. Um, and really, I just, there's so much information out there. And I see parents take in all this information and just get really worried you know, they'll, they'll have a kiddo that's a late talker and they'll Google it. And there's just this whole list of things that, that could be going on or, you know, things that, that could be an issue later on. And so I like to just, you know, like, okay, you know what, let's just look at your child for where they're at now. Mm -hmm. um, let's come up with a plan that works for you. Um, and let's go from there because Google can sometimes um, oh my gosh. be really scary. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I always, I, I heard, something like that a long time ago. And, um, you know, parents were worried about potty training and it's like, oh my gosh, when's my kid going to do this? What's going on? You know, and all that stuff. And whoever was talking in the room, um, they, they said, raise your hand if you're not potty trained. And of course it's a, a, a room of adults and it's like, you're going to get it eventually, you know, just it's on their time. And the other thing that makes it, that cracks me up about sleep is that now my, my youngest is a teenager and we cannot get him out of bed, right? Like, <laughs> Way back when he wouldn't take, he, yes. he stopped napping super early and it was, it was awful. Cause I, that's when I did all my stuff, stopped napping at like a year. And, uh, and then now, you know, we have to use dynamite to get him out of the, out of the bed. So it'll happen. It'll happen. It always does. That's my pep talk. Yes. Um, so you mentioned it a little bit. When is the point where a parent might need to start to think about, something's going on and I need to have some testing. What, what would that process look like if they do, you know, if your child is getting to a certain age, where do, where are those triggers for parents that maybe they do need some extra help? Yeah. Yeah. So it really is um, like kind of just by their age. Um, we want to see kiddos hitting really the simplest form is like a certain amount of words by um, certain ages. Um, so at one years old, we want to see maybe one to two words. Um, and then as I get to 15 months old, we want to see a few more words. Um, so if they're getting to 15 months old, 18 months old, and they really don't have very many words, they maybe have one or two, or like they'll say a word and then it'll disappear. And then they'll say another word, it'll disappear. Um, that's when you want to start talking to your pediatrician. Um, and that's when you just might, you know, see if there's just a little bit more that you could do. Um, a lot of therapy 
starts around two years old. So if you're starting to worry at like 15, 16, 18 months, um, a lot of times your doctor will say, oh, let's wait and see. Um, And, and that's, and I understand why they do that. Um, And also that's where that parent coaching comes in sometimes because um, I know I'm not a very good wait and see person. Um, (laughs) And sometimes I like to be a little proactive Um, And so that's where that piece can come in. And some of these strategies I've talked about, these are perfect for those, those kiddos that um, are kind of getting up there in those months, you know, they're almost hitting that two year mark and they don't really have many words yet. Um, That's what we want to start kind of addressing Um, at two years old. If your child does not have, you know, um, our goal is about 50 words and starting to put two words together. Um, So if they don't have that, then, you know, talking to your pediatrician um, and then potentially, you know, reaching out to a speech pathologist. Mm, Okay. Thank you. And do you offer services virtually or is it only local to where you are? So I offer in-person services for direct therapy. Um, I don't really do Zoom sessions for direct therapy because there's such a need just in my town where I live. um, And I enjoy seeing kiddos in person when I can. Um, but I do parent coaching, um, over the phone. So through zoom, um, and that can be really anywhere in the United States, um, because in that situation, I'm able to coach the parent and then they're able to go and use those strategies with their child. That's amazing. So, um, before I let you go, uh, tell me, is there anything else that you would like the audience to know about what we've talked about today? Um, No, I think that was a lot of it. The only last little tip that I always like to leave um, is with books, because I know, (laughs) I know everyone is always um, telling you, you have to read books with your toddler. Um, And it's so important. And then if you have a toddler like mine, I'll pull out the book and he'll immediately try to close it. Uh, And I'm like, wait, hold on. I want to read this book to you. I know it's so good to you or good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just have a couple of book tips that can help. Great. Um, so the first one is don't feel like you have to read all the words. Um, if your toddler is not able to sit through an entire book, I know mine is not, um, point out the pictures, talk about what you see. That's super effective. Um, another tip is if your child likes to open and close books, that's fine. That's a great opportunity to model open, close. Mm. Um, and just some of those words that can go along with you know, playing even with a book and interacting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I know that books, they really stress them and they are super important. And I highly recommend re- recommend reading books with your toddler. Um, but just take some of that pressure off because it should be fun um, and just kind of follow your child's lead when it comes mm-hmm. to reading those books. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, now I understand why board books exist, right? Because of toddlers, because otherwise, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Yeah. All my, all my books that are not board books are like way high up on the shelves because my little toddler is just not ready yet. Nope. Nope. But, but like you said, you're modeling, you're starting it, you're, you're planting that seed of reading um, and, and hearing all of those things. I, I, I love that. I, I used to read when I was uh, nursing, I read like Harry Potter to my oldest way back when, um, just so they, he could hear my voice and the language and all of that. And I don't know if that was helping or not, but it made me feel better. And it gave me something to do while I was in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, before uh, before we say goodbye, tell us where we can find out more about you and what uh, what the audience can, should know, uh, sorry, to, to find you. Yeah, absolutely. So I am on um, Instagram. It's simply speech underscore. Um, and I post a lot of just tips and strategies for early talkers, toddlers. And then I also have a website and it's simply speech therapy.org. Awesome. I hope you guys check out her Instagram page because her little man is adorable and she does have great content on there. So definitely check out Instagram. We'll also put those links into the show notes so that everyone can find you. Um, thank you again so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. And I know these tips are going to be so helpful for this audience. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.